Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Sports fans, welcome to I Hate This Team. Uh, I'm Aaron and Stefan. I was I was stuffing stat sheets while you were stuffing down home cooked meals. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from originally? It's uh, the this commercial that plays on Sportsnet now all the time. So sorry if you're not a Canadian that's yeah. watching this. Uh, I did see we were the number two hockey podcast in Taiwan last week. So that's shout good. out to our. Taiwanese listeners. I'm, I'm going there in uh, at the end of April, actually. Oh shit! Yeah, for a wedding. So nice. Yeah. Well, maybe, you I'll, maybe I'll meet playoff. up with our listeners there. <laughs> you won't have any Canucks playoffs games to, uh, oh, to worry yeah, about missing. I, I guess I'll be missing the. Yeah, damn, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do a live show in Taiwan. Oh, um, but no, that's the. Uh, it's a commercial for the Player Cast. Oh, if you're no, familiar I with this, I feel like the only commercials i there's the wah commercial which yeah. you see all the time yeah uh, the, there's the, the gambling ones with like uh i think russell peters yeah inches and, will be huge yeah oh, that's another gambling one but yeah there's russell peters and then there's uh what's his name like the the guy from the critic oh it's uh fucking an snl uh yeah why do i john lovitz yes yes um yes. and then the other one that i see all the time is the i think it's like a laundry pod commercial where the guy's wearing the green bay packers jersey oh he never, yeah, he never yeah. wants to clean it and clay matthews is like oh yeah, that's lucky nasty. Jersey's just clean a it. dirty jersey and now that clay oh. matthews says that it, it makes so much sense i guess i probably watch more games with the sound on no the uh the commercial i'm talking about is for the player cast which is a okay. simulcast with hockey night in canada on youtube hosted by steve dangle Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> um, and that, well, I, I'm still not clear because you can watch the game with Steve Dangle. And I don't know if like these three guys are there as well. Is it Colby also, Armstrong as well? No, or? no, it's 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 worse, man. It's PJ Stock. <laughs> oh, no. And PJ Stock comes in and he says something. And then the other two guests, not guests, but other two hosts, I didn't know who they were. Um, and they say, like, I was stuffing stat sheets while you're stuffing down mama's home cooked meals. And then the other guy comes in and is like, yeah, well, I was score. I was too busy scoring more goals than both you combined. And so the one guy that the guy that was scoring more than both of them combined was Craig Reve, who I guess captained the Buffalo Sabres. I remember him. He was and, on Montreal yeah, as well. And yeah, San yeah. Jose, maybe. Yep, San Jose. And the Columbus Blue Jackets before finishing his career with the Elmira Jackals in the ECHL. Oh wow. And then the other guy is called Andrew Peters. Who? Uh, oh, I remember was, him. He was he also was a tough guy. Yeah, yeah. He was drafted by the the Sabers as well. Yeah. Throughout his playing, this is on his Wikipedia. Uh, throughout his playing career, Peters was best known for his pugilistic skills. I remember the one thing about him. I also feel like at one point he tried out for the Canucks. I want to say maybe, maybe he, as, as like a training camp invite. I might be thinking of someone else. But the one thing I remember with Andrew Peters was when he made fun of the Leafs for missing the playoffs by pretending to golf on the ice, and it became like this huge controversy. 
And it was like, who cares? It's funny. But that was back in like 2005 or something, probably. Yeah, that would, so, that would, that would track. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. 229 NHL games, seven points, 650 pims. Yeah, he and was he, a tough dude. He looks like you, uh, if you had like a cartoon mouse, and then the, like through magic, they were turned back into a human after be turning, being turned into a mouse. <laughs> that's what he looks like. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, he was like, he was a really tough guy on Buffalo. Um, and I just remember him sort of having... Not quite like a bowl cut, but I feel like he had like bangs at one point and it was like such a weird look. Yeah. Um, his, but so his, he, he's on there with Steve Dangle or? With, with, well, with at least with PJ Stock and with the other guy that I said before, uh, Craig Reve. Okay. And, and uh, well, you can tell there's really good bands just based on that commercial. I was I was stuffing stat sheets while you were stuffing home mama's home cooked meals. That sucks. Which is just a, basically a way of saying I'm older than you. Which, like, you're a guy in your 40s. It doesn't really seem like... And he's not like he's talking to a child. He's talking to PJ Stock, who can only be, like, a couple years younger than him. I, I feel like... I don't. I feel like I just haven't seen that commercial. But also part of it is that on Sportsnet now, it literally just, like, freezes during the commercials for me anyway. So, mm-hmm. like, I'll I'll be like, okay, there's a commercial break. I'm going to go get, like, something to eat or drink or whatever. and Or go to the bathroom, you know, get up, do something, come back. Yeah. And it's, like, still a commercial break. And I'm just like, oh, that's, like, really... That seems like a very long commercial break. And then I realize, oh, it's actually been, like, frozen for, like, five minutes now. And, yeah, and you I've, just I've missed, missed like, like, a bunch of the game. Yeah, like, three minutes of play. That happens to me all the time as well. Uh, oh. this, the Vancouver Canucks, everybody. So, <laughs> since we last recorded our... Our Patreon, I guess, they've had two games. They played the Avalanche, which was which probably, they their be- probably their best game of the year. And in fact, I remember saying on that Patreon pod, like they had this really tough nine game stretch coming up. It was like, I yeah. could see him beating Colorado and I could probably see him beating Florida. And lo, they, uh, they did beat Colorado. I don't know why they have their number, man. It's really funny because the Colorado fans get like really upset about it. As they uh, should. As they losing to the Canucks is fucking embarrassing. You should be embarrassed by that. Like probably um, three of their best five games of the last like two seasons have been against the Avalanche. Yeah. Because there's so. the other Avalanche win earlier this year. And then there's that one where they came in on the road during the Bruce There It Is like yes. run. And looked uh looked good there too. And I always bring up when they like shouldn't have won games on natural stat trick. And that one they actually probably should have won. That's it's, like, good. it's the only time in the recent memory where they've had a better expected goals for than the uh the shitty team that they they beat cuz yeah. like uh, like okay they they beat San Jose and had a better expected goals. Um and in that loss actually against the Blues they did. But usually when they win they're still not Winning from an expected goal standpoint, not against the Avalanche. They had fifty-two percent. So that's good. I shout out numbers to today. That game. Oh, today <laughs> was. I, so again, I I was recording Block Party today. I had two episodes, so we just had the the game on kind of in the background, and it was very funny just like looking up occasionally and being like, "Oh, okay, it's like six four now. All right." Um, but from what I saw, they looked. I mean, they scored four goals. Scoring four goals on the road is like that's really good. Yeah, uh, this one seemed like. Obviously, I saw a couple of clips of Tyler Myers just playing like absolute ass. Um, but it seems like they're just like not getting the goaltending. No, not at all. Um, and I mean, it's it's hard to blame when you see some of the defensive gaffes that they have as well. Yeah. But there's also, I mean, this is probably a 5-4 game. Well, that's not really fair because they played big save Dave Riddich, the Jets did. And he was 
probably equally as bad. Oh, he, he made sucks. A, he made a couple of nice saves against Pedersen, I guess, yeah. in the third period. I mean, he let in four play, goals but... to the Canucks. That's bad. Yeah, so like, it's hard to say, well, if Demko was in net and to play up to his potential, but then he'd be playing against Connor Hellebuck and it would be a completely different game. Well, so I think the Jets played last night, right? Didn't they? Did they? I'm not I quite sure, they, actually. I, th- I believe they played last night or yesterday during the day, maybe. But I, I think that's why they played Redditch because they had a back-to-back. Or maybe they're playing tomorrow. But um, it is so funny. I, I can't wait. And who knows when this is going to be. I think the sign of the Canucks being good again is when they stop being used as like, uh, oh, this is the game for our shitty backup to play, you know? Yeah, which they've I, been that team for a long time. And oh, that's that's a, a kind of unfortunate thing moving forward. And this seems to happen every year. And I think it's part of like why the Bruce Boudreaux bump even happened in the first place mm-hmm. is teams are like, okay, this isn't serious. We can play our backup and we can rest Hellebuck tonight and still walk away with probably at least a point. Yeah. And so I think you'll get some of that down the stretch. And even in these upcoming... I guess eight games it is now, right? Or seven games. I mean, I'm hopeful down the stretch. I, I haven't looked at the schedule that far ahead, but hopefully we're playing a lot of teams that are like battling for their playoff lives. So they have to start their best players, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of good that we're playing like the really, really good teams now because they'll most likely be playing um, all of their, their best players. I'm, I'm just like, so we're almost exactly halfway through the season. Nice. Uh, we're 39 games in. You know how yep. many regulation wins they have? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. So how many wins do they have total? Give me a hint. Let's see. So right now the Canucks are 17, 19, and three. They can only have like eight regulation wins. It's it's slightly more than that. They have 11. I mean, 11 regulation wins in 39 games is so bad. That's not great. (laughs) That's really, really bad. Like, I know people will be like, well, they, they have 17 wins on paper. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you could look at it that way, I guess. But like 11 regulation wins in essentially half the season is like atrocious. So they're on pace for approximately 22 to 23 regulation wins this year, which is so bad. Yeah, like, that's so bad. It, yeah, because they've been good in overtime, too. So you would think that. As more yeah, games they, go to overtime, that's going to regress towards the mean because it's such a crapshoot. You I, think so? Yeah, because they have a good roster for three on three for sure. Yeah, so I, that probably sways it. Uh, yeah, and then shootouts are kind of whatever, but you don't see nearly as many shootouts these days. So maybe there is something to be said about their their three on three prowess. Yeah, so they're four six and zero oh in their last ten. Um, their upcoming schedule. I mean, we've been over this many times. This is this is the really really tough part of the year. But so Tuesday. They're in Pittsburgh. Uh, then Thursday, they're in Tampa. Saturday, they're in Florida. Well, they're in Florida for the Tampa game, too. They're in mm-hmm. uh, fucking, what is it? Isn't it Fort Lauderdale? Where's Where do the Panthers play? They yeah, play just outside Miami? Yeah. yeah, it's Fort Lauderdale, I believe. The, then the Hurricanes in a back-to-back the very next day at 2 p.m. on the Sunday. Then the nice. Lightning come to Vancouver on the Wednesday. Then the Avs come to Vancouver on the Friday. And then the game we're going to, the Oilers game, That's right. uh, on the Saturday. Which I think maybe Demko will be back for, but if he's back by then, I feel like they'll give him the Avalanche game, maybe. Um, this, yeah, this all kind of comes back to like what management wants to do with the team, right? Yeah. Like, so Demko's on this trip. He hasn't practiced in gear yet, but I think the idea of him coming on this trip is so he can eventually start practicing in yeah. equipment. And I remember the estimation for him being back being early February. Last time there was a proper update on it. Yeah. So 
on one hand, if they want to maximize their draft position, they should be as like careful as they possibly can be with Demko, which realistically where their position, they should be regardless of what their goals are because rushing him back only for him to get injured again would be really counterintuitive to the long-term plans of the Canucks, I would think. Because yeah. they have to recognize that this, this season's more or less shot. I mean, I would, they, I would hope. I would hope so. I just don't. I mean, you saw, I, I feel like we have to talk about the fucking uh, season ticket holder event yesterday. Yeah. Which was, so I think we've talked about this before. Um, they used to do like full on, it was in the off season too, I think, but they would do like full on like season ticket holder Q and A's where it was like Jim Benning and Trevor Linden getting grilled by the fans. And I think, I feel like they only, I want to say they only did like two of those. Uh, because they realized what a disaster they were and how bad it made them look. Yeah. Um, and it seems like, so this, this was like a small Q and a as part of like a bigger, like, Oh, come watch the practice, you know? Uh, yeah. and like meet some of the players or whatever. They were, they were supposed to have Alvin there. Yes. And Alvin then was I believe to be the, there. the morning of, they sent an update saying Alvin actually can't make it cause he's preparing for pro scouting meetings when everyone meets up while they're in Florida, I believe. Yeah. So I think he's in, he's in, uh, Boston right now. He was meeting with Aiden McDonough is what they said. Um, and then he was also like away at the world juniors too. So he's, he has been away, but it's, it's so, so funny to not like reschedule it or something or say like, Hey, we're not going to do the Q and a, we're going to, we'll do it again another time, whatever. Cause they had to bring out poor old Stan Smeal. Who, (laughs) so they have so many goddamn assistant GMs, right? Yeah. Why not bring out one of them? Why is it always got to be Smeal? Do you I think th- like he just has enough goodwill with the fans where they just won't I think, tear into him as much I or think what? that's part of it for sure. Although if they really wanted the goodwill, I think they'd bring the Sedins out. Um, but I also feel like the Sedins, the Sedins would actually have like good answers for a lot of stuff yeah. too, I would assume. But Smeal, and it's also, um, is it uh, C-Mac? Uh, Craig, uh, is it Craig McIntyre? What's his I name? I don't know. Um, let's see. Craig, uh, Craig McEwen, Craig McEwen, uh, who used oh, to work yeah. for Sportsnet and now works just for the Canucks. Yeah. He's... Uh, and then when he worked for Sportsnet, he was essentially working for the Canucks too, if you listen to what he had to say. Um, but it was him up there with Stan Smeal. And I mean, they were just deflecting and deflecting and deflecting. Like it was... Yeah. Stan Smeal called Jet Wu a top prospect. I mean, that's it was uh, really rough to hear. <laughs> it was it was an account called uh, CSWC Hassan and Hassan spelled with two S's that went and recording yes. was kind of reporting back from it. Yeah, um, I want to scroll down the timeline to see what they said about it. Yeah, so unfortunately, it's just C-Mac asking Smeal a bunch of cookie cutter questions. His first question was literally about how great the win was yesterday. Yeah, of course, and, I mean, of course. Uh, uh, yeah, so the Hassan guy asked a really good question. Yeah. And and he said that the, like the fans were like applauding it too. Yeah. Um, Which I want to believe is true and is not just the storytelling device where you say everyone stood up and clapped for you at the grocery store. I but, le- I legitimately believe that. I feel like given the season ticket holder sentiment that is kind of going around Twitter right now, uh, it seems really bad. Yeah. Um, so his question was straight up, how much is ownership involved in hockey decisions? Because it's been reported they are against a rebuild, but I think it's painfully obvious to a lot of us sitting here that the Canucks need a rebuild because we haven't been successful in 10 years. Uh, and then, you know, Stan Smeal sort of like rattle away 
it's just just the usual like there's no answer obviously. the answer was so strange because he brings up like trying to sign bo horvat a couple times and says yeah. like, how great's horvat been and the crowd like also claps and, sh- and applauds so yeah <laughs> who knows it's, man <laughs> i mean they're just so so the other post that was going around uh or yeah that is going around this afternoon is from jay janor uh and i hope i got that right but he uh is posting about a text he got from a season ticket holder had someone send me this message Canucks season ticket holder just so so done with the canucks not even emotionally engaged just feel they are not an honest or well-run organization zero integrity or sincerity in anything the organization does i mean yeah it's yeah it's I, pretty spot on it's 100 spot on it's it is funny that well look i'm not going to complain if people see the light it is just very very yeah, funny to me in 2023 to finally have that realization and that speaks and, so much to how bad this season's gone. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, I think maybe not so much how bad this season's gone because it's gone about as bad as last year so far. I guess now worse because they lost, right? Uh, I believe at 38 games, they were at the same record they were exactly, or maybe yeah. 37. Yeah. Uh, but uh, th- there's such high expectations going into the year about it'll be a complete disappointment if Besser doesn't score 30 and we don't make the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. So... They've uh they've fallen flat on their faces. Before we move on from the 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 Craig McEwen thing, yeah, the Canucks are looking for another in-house journalist. I, was, I don't know if I you saw, saw this. That. Yeah, and there is a lady, other, other than Ian McIntyre. You mean? Yeah, other than Ian McIntyre, but there is well, that's the thing. Like what you said before, Ian McIntyre is even going in and talking about I know. how yeah they probably should think about seriously doing some surgery to this team. Uh, they just haven't been good enough this year. Uh, but a lady said, uh, in how controlling the media narrative, this is what far right politicians do in hashtag the United States of America, which I was just wanting to quote tweet it and do like a very like Don Hughes bit of saying that, yeah, this is low key fascist. <laughs> I mean, it, like she's like, right. It's just such a funny parallel to draw. Yeah. You know? Like it's not that serious, you know, it's like a hockey team, like whatever. This is, this is how fascism takes root. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I, Nobody, I didn't say anything because I'm not an in-house journalist. Wait, I'm not a mainstream media journalist, but yeah. what happens I'm, when they come for the, the reverent <laughs> podcasters? I'm looking at uh, more of the replies to Jay Janowar, and it's and it's like just stuff like, I'm a season ticket holder, and I watch football over today's game. 100% won't be renewing. And someone replied to that guy and said, yeah, my dad is a season ticket holder, too. I haven't been to a game with him at all this year, and normally I would attend several. He's thinking of not renewing as he can't find people to go with him. Oh, my God. That is... Yeah. That's damning. Yeah, someone else here. Not the only one. I've canceled my season tickets for next year after the last 24 hours with this organization. Again, I mean, who knows how many of these are true, but like, I really do think they're... I, I, I'm hoping against hope. Obviously, if they get Bedard, then all bets are off and like, season tickets will go through the roof. Yeah. Um, and right, which so. is why they should recognize exactly. the tanking this year exactly. is the proper fucking it's thing so, to do. It's so fucking insane to be like, oh, if we if we make the playoffs, we have like a two percent chance to win the Stanley Cup, and it's only like a five percent chance to get Connor Bedard. And it's like, I I mean, again, I feel like uh, to to bring this. I think I brought this up before, but Yerky drew a great parallel to this. Uh, Yerky twenty one on mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, let me see if I can find the exact quote. Uh, Oh yeah, when when Homer uh, uh, drops a peanut under the uh, <laughs> under the the couch, mm-hmm. 
and he's like, oh, uh, uh, he, he reaches, he reaches under there and he brings out a $20 bill and he's like, oh, $20. I wanted a peanut. And his brain's like, $20 <laughs> yeah, exactly. can buy many peanuts. Explain how money can be exchanged for goods and services. Um, th- that's the Bedard playoffs thing. You know, playoffs is the single peanut and Con Bedard is $20 and Aquilini is Homer Simpson. Well, Homer Simpson is a much better father and I think he yeah. chokes his kid less, but, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just, it's, <laughs> I really, I just don't understand. And I saw on Canucks Reddit today as well being like, they should come straight out and just like, Rutherford needs to tell us what his plan is. And like, I agree with that to some extent in that it should be something like what the, the Maple Leafs did or the Rangers did, where they, they tell the season ticket holders like, look, this is going to be painful for the next couple of years, but it's going to be worth it in the long run. This team's going to be better because of it. Like The dawn is the darkest s- before, or the storm is darkest oh, before the dawn. I mean, it's so, <laughs> I, I would love to, I, I think what I'm going to try and do maybe for either the bonus episode this week or the next regular episode is put mm-hmm. together all of the season ticket, hol- uh, ticket holder letters that Aquilini has like written to the fans uh, over the past like decade or so. That'd just, be really like, good. And just like see where we're at. Cause I know Benning wrote some too. Well, Benning didn't write them, but um, there were some that were signed by Jim Benning, I think. <laughs> His team. Um, yeah. So I, I'd be very interested to just go through all those and just see how bleak it really is. Cause they're going to be listing all these prospects that like are no longer in the NHL. And you know, I, I'm not I'm on- expecting them to come right out and say like, Hey, this is exactly what we're going to do. But like, I, I just, I can't believe anymore that they have a plan. I just, I don't think they have a plan other than like, oh, we'll get some like players who are like 23 years old and just kind of like see what happens, you know? Like yeah. I'm legitimately worried they're going to resign Horvat at this point. I, I'm losing my mind. I'm on, I'm on Tankathon right now. Six and a half percent odds at Bedard right now. Oh That's, man. I mean, those I'm, are, I'm those here are for good that. odds. Those are good odds. I'm here odds. for that, baby. And again, uh, they, they and, could and, just be, they could lose like four or five funny. in a row from now. Like, uh, yeah, go ahead. You know they're tied for in regulation wins? Oh. The Arizona that, Coyotes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, only Montreal, San Jose, Anaheim, Columbus, and Chicago have less. So <sighs> that's pretty dope. Man, uh, they're so bad. They're just so, so bad. But back to what you're saying about Rutherford. Yeah, a letter, a confirmation like that would be cool to I mean, to what end? I just kind of want another Jim Rutherford media availability uh, yeah. that like gets everyone real pissed off and talking. Yeah. Like we just need that kind of that a jolt of some sort. Like maybe yeah. that's it. Really what it should be is a is a damn uh Horvat trade. Just but, do just do something. Like yeah. I, I I and how many times have we fucking seen over the past eight, nine years, whatever? And I've brought this up so many times in the show already, and people know all about this, but how many times have we seen with the Canucks where it's like they lose like three in a row, and then the national media is like, oh, you know what? Big changes are coming to this team. It's it's going to happen. Like something's got to give. Like th- this roster just can't do it anymore. And mm-hmm. then they win like one or two games, and it's like everyone's happy again. And they're not happy, but they just like stop talking about how bad the team is. And like, I just don't, it's, this is, this seems a little bit different because yeah, they beat Colorado, but even after the win, it felt like the national media was like, yeah, this team still sucks, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then losing 7-4 today, I, I mean, we have to be praying for them to just legitimately lose like 10 games in a row. How many did they lose to start the season? Seven. Seven. Okay, so we need to beat that. 
I think. That would oh man, that'd be so good. I, and it's possible. We got we got some hard games coming up. So there's been a bunch of things that we've kind of brushed over that I wanted to kind of circle back on. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's so your like Sam Constantinos or whatever that will say uh <laughs> Oh yeah, there's see this team's too good. You look at Patterson and Miller, how good they're doing. There's a there's a tweet that it was posted on our Discord today from Justin McElroy. He's like a just regular CBC reporter in oh, Vancouver. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're seven years old, this is a really fun Canucks team. Lots of scoring, clear stars, entertaining personalities. And you, you haven't experienced a decade of pain and don't understand the concept of a salary cap. It's true. I would have been so into this team and would like, they just need to go on a, a streak and then get in. Anything can happen. I mean, I remember uh, <laughs> as a kid being like, like super into like I started watching the Canucks like late nineties when they sucked ass. Mm -hmm. And then I remember keeping like a journal of the Canucks and like, kind of like writing about them, like after their games and stuff and like cutting out like headlines from the newspaper and stuff. And I remember, I think it was in 2002 when they had a 10 game winning streak. And I remember like cutting it specifically cutting out that headline and like pasting it into this like journal and being like, Oh my God, they're so good. They're going to win the Stanley (laughs) cup. And like, it might have been, I, might have been 2003, but yeah. In, I, yeah, when, when I was six in 96 is when I r- really can remember like following it. And we lived in the middle of nowhere. And I, I don't, I guess there might have been games on BC TV at the time, but it was just like Hockey Night in Canada stuff. And I remember same thing, grabbing a newspaper and like looking at the standings. And maybe there's even a little article in the local paper about how they might make the playoffs and they're not mathematically eliminated yet. I remember like yeah. running and taking the parent, the paper, my parents and like, look, they can still get in. They can still get in. And then they didn't. And I watched uh, Colorado in the playoffs instead and was like, damn, was wow, cool. So sackic. <laughs> Hopefully the Canucks could do this soon. I remember uh, Harold Drukin scoring to in overtime to get the Canucks into the playoffs. Huge. Uh, I mean the Detroit series. I remember. He, as, oh as like yeah. A, That's when like kid, the real fandom started as like a 12 year old, but yeah, as a kid, you have no sense of like, it's very funny because you have no sense of like, oh, this team, my team is like supposed to lose. You know what I mean? Like in your head, you're, you're like, they're going to, they're going to win. They're good. They're going to yeah, win at some it's, point. It's you know? good guys versus bad guys. That's all, that's all it is. And I, I think, I mean, there's, I feel like there's less of the fans now uh, uh, over the past decade, given how shitty it's been, but so much of the fan base is adult fans who just never kind of grew out of that, which is like. <laughs> That's fine. That's your prerogative, right? You can yeah. be a fan like that, but it's like if if you're that type of fan, um, I shouldn't have to hear your opinion or read your opinion because it it just like doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry. If we're actually like having like a debate or like a discussion about like a sports thing, uh, I I feel like if you're the the yeah, full, it's irrelevant like, like, <laughs> childlike fan of like my team, whatever my team does does is good. I want them to always always win, no matter what like no context whatsoever. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I just don't value your opinion. I'm sure you're like a nice person, but I just can't listen to you, you know? So one thing I wanted to touch on was the last, I guess, month of the Canucks schedule. Cause you brought up like, hopefully they play some teams in some races. So this is from March 21st to April 13th. They have the golden Knights. Okay. The sharks. Yeah. The stars, Mm -hmm. the Blackhawks. So it's kind of ping ponging back and forth. The blues. That could be an important game for the blues. If they go on a run, who knows if there's going to yeah. be actual a, a race like that low uh, conceivable to me, but probably unlikely, especially the way Bennington's been playing. <laughs> so he got shelled again oh, last night. He looks so bad. Oh my God. Then I mean, which the, rocks. I love that he sucks, but then the, then they have the flames, which could be very important on in a playoff race. Then the Kings, yep. which also could be very important to the Kings and the Kraken. And yep. I believe the Kraken are 
basically the Kraken have to play like the Canucks to this point to make the playoffs. Like they can be fifth. Like they're good. NHL look, fi- they're, so they're 22, 12 and four right now. Yeah. They're so fucking, they're, they're if they go team. like NHL 500, they're, they're in. So, yeah. Uh, but they could be playing for playoff position, especially if it remains close, but with your, your Calgary's, your LA's and your, your Edmonton's. Seattle's a really fun team. Then it, it, it sucks. They're a really fun team. Man. Yeah. Fuck. They, and, so the, and, just, and the rumor is of them going after Horvat too. Yeah. Well, which would be so funny. A, so Elliot brought that up last night and that, seem to be more of a Elliot saying, oh, I right. have to wonder if right, right. Instead of like, I'm hearing reports or insiders say that there's, there's talk about it. Yeah. Like, I don't know what we would get from them. Here. Like, do they, do they have a first rounder this year? Obviously I we're not getting Shane Wright or anything. I think yeah, it would yeah. be like, there's, I mean, after that, some Canucks fans were like talking about Matty Beneers and, and, uh, <laughs> which is absurd. And then yeah, right as well, which isn't going to happen. But apparently they made like, five second round picks last year, four second round picks, something like that. They did. So I, I think it would be someone like, uh, uh, what's his name? Jagger Furcus. Um, for instance, who I think was their early first round or early second rounder last year. Who's like, I don't know how he's doing this year, actually. Um, first of all, great looking guy, fully like red hair and like a red mustache. Oh, cool. uh, and he's like a very he's on small his guy as well. Shit. Oh, yeah. oh, he'll fit right in on the Canucks. Yeah, he looks great. I'm just checking his stats right now. He's not doing as well. He's doing okay this year. He had uh, 80 points in 66 games for Moose Jaw last year, and he has 50 points in 36 games. Um, so about the same pace. Um, but he's he's like a decent prospect. He was taken 35th overall last year. So I think if you're looking for a, a Horvat trade, it's like Jagger Furcus, Seattle's first this year, and then maybe a second as well. Yeah, like, uh, unless or there's even, like a, a cap thing that they have to like, they don't have much cap space actually. I guess no yeah, one does, but it, yeah, it says projected cap space right now is one point one. I mean, the Canucks could always retain as well. Yeah, that so this year they have their first pick. They also have three second round picks. Yeah, and a third, and both their fourths. And the next year, same thing. They have all their picks plus like an extra third. So they have tons of draft capital, which I'd be here for. Um, could you get two firsts for Bo? Uh, or is this me overvaluing? Plus, like, I think you get like at least first plus plus, and that plus could be like a conditional, like maybe a first this year and then a first next year. Yeah, if he like if, if they get to the con- if he resigns or they win the Stanley Cup or something, it's like a second rounder in twenty twenty four that turns into a first or something. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. Because I mean, again, yeah, like we've we said this, I think last episode or last week. But if a team is that good, their first round pick is so late that it's like it, it's essentially a second rounder. That like, there's no difference. Really. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I don't know. They have Riker Evans. Like they have, they have a lot of good young players. Obviously, Shane Wright is like untouchable for sure. It's like legitimately so funny how this team has existed for two years and they already have a better prospect pool than the Canucks <laughs> and a better team than the Canucks. Well, I that, thought it would take. I thought it would take like at least four years, but it's it's taken a year and a half. It's especially with insane. how last season went. So they just had like a good off season and like weaponized their cap space and yeah. boom, there you go. Yeah. And the, this is, so this year's team on ice seems like, like all the advanced stat guys last year were saying that the Kraken were going to be really, really good. And it seems like they were just basically off by one year essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, they're really, it's, I mean, again, it's still very funny that they've never beaten the Canucks. Like yeah. that's incredible. There seems it, to be it, some sort of mental block. Yeah. Which is very, very funny. Um, I'm sure. I, th- I guess they play them like two more times. Uh, it's it's got to happen for him. But oh yeah, yeah. So right, Flames, Kings, Kraken, 
then Blackhawks, then Flames again, which could be very important for the Flames. Then Kings again, also could be very important for the Kings. But here's the kicker. The last two games of the season, Ducks and Coyotes. Oh, man. That's so huge. Th- that's, that's yeah, it could be huge for the Canucks if they manage to lose them. But it could also be classic Canucks fashion is they're like well out of a playoff spot and they win like the last four against the Flames, the Kings, the Ducks, and the Coyotes to end on a high note and then screw yeah. their lottery odds. Uh, by the way, Connor Bedard in his first game back in the WHL has five points in the third period right now. He has 69 points in 29 games, <laughs> including 30 goals. Oh, oh my God, man. He's God. so good. How much fun would this podcast be if Connor Bedard was a Canuck and we could just talk about how good he was? Wouldn't yeah, I'd have to be get better at technical analysis, probably. But <laughs> you don't even have to. You can be like, oh, my God, that, 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 that was, so, was sick. so sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Tyler Myers had quite a game today as well. He yeah. has been, I feel like, I feel like maybe people talk about OEL being worse more, but Myers has sucked this year. Oh, oh yeah. God, he's been bad. Holy Both of them have been really bad. And it's cool that they're uh, on the same. They're on the same, same pairing. D- defensive I mean, pairing now. Yeah. I, I think obviously it's like good that they are bad. And yeah, it's, totally. It's, well, okay. It would be better if they were bad and OEL was only signed for one more year like Myers is. Mm-hmm. Um, the OEL contract obviously is is totally brutal. But like, if we're looking to get like a high pick this year, we're. I mean, if if they just keep playing like this again, there's there's so many good. I can't hammer it home enough. And I I feel like most Canucks fans do understand this now because I I think you see less and less of it on Twitter and on like the subreddit of people being like, well, they're not going to win the lottery. So what's the point? You know, I think fans are sort of coming to a general understanding of, of how the draft works and why you want to finish as low as possible. And yeah. how good this draft is, but like, man, the Canucks, they, they're, they're so bad. They fucking suck. Uh, did you see <laughs> Pedersen today on, on the bench too? Yeah. He looked real upset. He looked sad, man. I mean, I, I don't want him to leave, obviously, but like I want him to be like happy and like imagine him playing on like an actual good team. How much oh, fun that'd be that would so be. sick! Oh. Um, I could, like so my ideal of like the the because you got to have a plan forward if you're criticizing to a degree, and it would be tear down everything but keep Pedersen, keep Hughes around. I don't really care about Demko. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be good enough in time under this contract, but um. And then you just build up from around there, and those are like your big supporting pieces, and that's how that's that's the road to prosperity. Yeah. But short of that happening, I think the other road to prosperity is they keep doing the same shit, and maybe they like re-sign Bo somehow, and Patterson's like, "Nah, I'm out. I'm not playing here anymore because I want to win." And he kachucks the Canucks, which then forces the Canucks to re because they would just be so. So fucking dreadful without him. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just want them to make that bow trade as soon as possible, so he doesn't get injured, and so he they got, can just. Start... I, I guess you maybe you didn't notice. Oh, uh, I saw you were someone was saying he yeah, got hit, he, and he, he got hit, and it looked like he was in some pain, and it's like you, you, you skip a beat because man, that would oh. be awful for the team. Speaking of Pedersen, uh, and also the OEL Myers thing, uh, there's been some new lineup configurations, and yeah. I kind of like what. What uh, what Bruce has done here? He put together. It was funny the line that the day that this line came out, I was I was walking to class, so I started trade school this week, folks. And congratulations! Was, thank you, thank you. It's been a lot of fucking work. I I was not expecting this much work, but apparently this is how it goes. 
like the first couple weeks of first year, they really throw you into a lot of stuff where there's like lots of tests and then it kind of smooths out as you get into some more advanced concepts. But anyways, I was thinking it'd be cool if they made like a, a new look lotto line with Miller, Pedersen and Kuzmenko. I'd love to see that. <laughs> and then they did it that day and it's looked pretty good. I think I haven't looked yeah. at the, the underlines for it, but this eye test alone and the fact that they, uh, I know they went head to head with the McKinnon line and I think they were even for, it was either shots or chances for, I remember just hearing that on the radio. Yeah. And then along with that, McKay of Horvat Besser, that sounds pretty all right. The Joshua Lazar Stadnika line, that's a perfect fourth line. It's cheap. They're big. They got some hands. Yeah, that's a big thing with their fourth line this year is that it's it's cheap. Like the the in the Benning years, the fourth line was fucking expensive. So mm-hmm. that's like one thing this team has going for it is they understand the, the fourth line should be cheap. The problem, however, is that fourth line is actually a third line because their third line is Garland tries Lockwood, which is just Ooh. that's a black hole. And I've liked Lockwood's game. He's thrown a lot of hits. He's looked like solid. I've liked him enough on the penalty kill, but. Uh, Man, has Garland's value just gone straight down the shitter? <laughs> I mean, he's it's it's like worthless. He, he yeah, has, his his contract has has gone from good to bad now. Yeah, legitimately. Um, so yeah, it's gone from like good or potentially is going to be good to really bad albatross to the point where I've seen people online discussing whether or not he's going to get bought out this off season. Oh, man, I, I haven't even thought about that. Which seems like horrible asset management to me. Like I think the smart thing to do would be, well, trade Horvat one, yeah, and then you put Garland into a role where he can succeed, and then you try and at least get a neutral value deal in the off season. Yeah, I just or like one where you don't have to take back equally bad money because yeah. if you lose if you lose Horvat from that equation, you're I think obviously going to be moving Miller to center. Which, you have to, which you're isn't, not have which isn't great, but you could, yeah. you know, reunite Pedersen, Kuzmenko, Mikheyev and do like Garland, Miller, Besser or something. Yeah. I guess Tanner Pearson exists still too. So he'll. God, I forgot. What is happening with him? <laughs> right. He what, what is his injury? Uh, Let me see. I don't remember. Did they even like announce what it was? I know so, he had like a setback. Oh, he got. Sur- so November 10th, he had surgery mm-hmm. uh, on his hand. Uh, and they said he'll miss the next four to six weeks. Okay. Uh, so that's, I mean, six weeks would have been like towards the end of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's January 8th now. I guess he could be back any day he now. He didn't but... travel on this road trip, so I doubt it. Okay. Yeah, five. so five days ago, this is uh, on Canucks Army. Mm-hmm. Um, they, yeah, so he was hoping Tanner Pearson could rejoin the team on its road trip, but I guess he's... Uh, he'll be out until he did, he did nay travel. Yeah. So man, I mean, he, let's see. Pearson is in the midst of his fifth season with the Canucks. How has he been on the team for five years at this point? Holy shit. And recorded That's crazy. One goal and five points in 14 games. Woo! Uh, he's under contract through the end of next season at a $3.25 million cap hit. I mean, I, I, like, I, I if for, he comes fucking back, forgot I he was on the team. Man. I think you Fuck. just send Lockwood down, right? That's probably what happens. Do they think. have like, the cap space, I guess, like, yeah, I, I just, oh, man, I just, <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't know how that would work. The cap space with him coming back, he's he's making like three mil, right? Uh, 3.25, yeah, mm. 
Yeah. And that's then, a lot of money for Tanner Pearson this year. I, I think it was decent last season. That's but like one of those bending moves that I feel like everyone forgot about where, yeah. well, it was very funny to see like the pro bending people, uh, be like, Oh, the good branching for Pearson trade was great. It was a great trade. And it's like, yeah, like if you look at it in a vacuum, I think it was a good trade, but so to get to that point of that being a good trade, you had to make a very, very bad trade and then a very, very bad re-signing of Erica Branson. Then you got rid of him for a decent player who started to fall off. And when that player started to fall off, you fucking re-signed him for three years, like $9.75 million a year. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Was it a four-year deal even? Like, I forget how long it, it was. I think it was, th- it was three, wasn't it? I think I think it was three. You're right. Yeah. Um, I just like... It's just like so crazy. Like I just don't. Yeah, I, he, I look at the. I forgot he was on the fucking team. He signed next year for three point two five. Pretty good. Pretty oh. pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and the other thing with the, the the back to the lineup thing. So it's funny. Bachelors OEL Myers is the top pairing. Maybe they started the game, but that's yeah. that's funny. Uh, obviously bad, a uh, shadow of their four of themselves. Um, seems like almost every time you see the Canucks lagging on a two on one, it's like one of OEL Myers is the oh, defender the probably because like Myers pinch. I don't know if it was Kyle Connor scoring, but it was, I think it was their second goal where Myers was back on the, on what could have been a two on one, I think. And just like, mm-hmm. it's like so flat footed. Like, yeah. He's <laughs> looked real bad. Hughes bear. I'm here for, I like it. They seem to be developing chemistry. Bear had like they both have the occasional defensive laps, but I like yeah. the, like I like seeing uh, a defense pairing where the Canucks defenders can kind of pass it back and forth, and it looks looks pretty good. And then yeah. finally, Dermot Shen, I like it. It's better than any yeah, Riley's fine. St- it's better than any Stillman pairing. Chen is good, but again, every now and then you see Dermot make a pass. You're like, all right, that's not terrible. Yeah, again, they have to trade Shen if they don't. Yeah. If they don't trade Horvat, it's like I, I'll be very pissed off, but I won't be necessarily surprised because of yeah. how horrible this organization is. If you don't fucking like trading Luke Shen for like a second or third rounder is just like a guaranteed win. Like, what are you waiting for at this yeah. point? Yeah, maybe I'm overly it's, optimistic, but I, I think if um, Ben Sherratt got a first last year, I'm here for first for, for Luke Shen, baby. Let's do I, it. Honestly, let's yeah. find a GM dumb enough because look how well that's turned out for Montreal, man. They they might get two tickets into the the Bedard lottery. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. That deal trading was so the, bad. Trading him oh. to the the Dan Presence Trophy winner. So oh. I don't care whose first it is. If you can get one for Shen, please, please, I'm begging you to do it. Man, uh, there's I another just, thing talk about re-signing. I wanted yeah. to talk to you about today, Kuzmenko. I yeah. think as I think about it more. I think he has to be traded at the deadline too if this team is going to try and be competitive in like say three years because he is if he's not 27 now he turns 27 very shortly um, he is yeah his I birthday's mean, he, on February 4th so he turns yeah. 27 before the end of this actual season um, which yeah he's, he's like less than a year younger than Bo Horvat. So if you're offering Kuzmenko like a five-year contract, he's going to be 32 by the time it's done. And if it's for like any, it looks like he might be a, a goddamned point per game player. He's not signing for three million. You can't just like get that Tanner Pearson money he's, off the books and he's resign like him. Six mil plus at least, like se- if not seven. Like it's he's, hard because there's so few comparables, but 
Yeah, are you going to give him Kevin Fiala money? I would hope not. I yeah, I just I think I'm I'm I love Kuzmenko. He's been one of the bright spots this year. He's very mm-hmm. fun. I like his big floppy hair also. Yeah, no, um, I I love the guy. He's 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 a great guy in the Canucks. I love cheering for him. I love seeing him score. Can you imagine he, getting a, a he first does for such him, cool a first things. for Horvat? He has, he, Having he does, three firsts this year? Oh my god. Oh. Um, fuck. Yeah, I love seeing him play with Pedersen. Uh, I mean, there's the argument that like since he's homies with Pedersen, maybe he'll help keep Pedersen around. I don't think it's a necessarily yeah. good argument, but it's it exists. Yeah. But I don't know what a responsible contract to sign him would be, right? Like that was part of the whole recruitment process for him, right? Was that they were selling a long term vision and how he's going to fit in with the team. And yeah. so I remember I can't I guess I can't speak for anyone but myself, but myself and I think from a lot of what I heard in Canucks media was well this signals that they have to get rid of somebody that they're not going to re-sign uh JT they're going to trade him away at the draft or they're going to you know not qualify Brock cuz how is he going to get this opportunity with all these other wingers on the team especially after the signing of Mikheyev right yeah and that just hasn't happened so is that still their plan to keep him in the long term vision <sighs> I I just I don't know if I don't know what their fucking plan is cuz like, that I just yeah, don't like know. even if like say he takes a like he loves Vancouver, he likes his position, he does five years, four million dollars. Yeah, that's like a good contract, right? But it doesn't help the Canucks build to being a competitor in three years, does it? No, no, not at all. Because by I then mean, he's going to be out of his statistical prime, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm looking. By the way, I was just thinking because I I was fantasizing about the Canucks having three first round picks this year. And yeah. there's a few situations where that's happened over the years. Uh, obviously, the Boston one. Yeah, where they Boston. Fucked up three let's in a row let's is make a repeat funny. of that, baby. <laughs> it is just funny to look back at at those instances of it. Because the other one I was thinking of was the year the Oilers traded Ryan Smith away okay. um, to the Islanders, I want to say. And they ended up with three first-round picks that year. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Gagne. Uh, sixth overall, which okay. like honestly, he had he played he's played over a thousand games. He, he, he helped set up a goal against the Canucks tonight, baby. Yeah, he's he's an NHL player. Yep. Like he's like a good NHL player. He had that like seven point game with them back in yeah. like eight points. I think, I think it was eight, eight points, whatever yeah. it was. Um, but then fifteenth overall was Alex Plant, who played ten NHL games, mm-hmm. and then twenty first overall, which I think for a twenty first overall pick is not horrible value, but it was Riley Nash. Who played 627 NHL okay, games? Okay, yeah. Um, but that's kind of like probably the best you're hoping for. With as much as like you know, it's so easy to get like super hyped up for the draft and like overhype prospects and everything. Like mm-hmm. that's that seems like something that could happen for the Canucks. Where so they're they're picking say sixth overall this year, and then like 18th overall and like 24th overall. It's like, I mean, but but again, this is why you just need like every extra dart you can get, right? Yeah, like you exactly. Need to get as many. I just, I just want them to fucking trade four draft picks, not not trade the number four draft picks away, but like I want yeah. them to trade. Oh, you bring mean you don't draft want to trade in. trade the tenth overall pick for a <laughs> uh, a young uh, player that might be able to contribute now, only twenty four years old, twenty five uh, years old at the time. I just, oh man, I'm just, I I this off season, and we and we say this like every single year but this offseason is like so huge for this team <laughs> like this is a test that they have well, to pass e- each offseason gets like progressively more huge for the team than the next yeah. because they keep having their uh their comeuppance about to roll around right yeah like, that's true <laughs> um 
God. But I, I guess yeah, this one, this is the most important one until the next one, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I think I've talked about this on here before. It is interesting to look at this team as a team at the end of their window, um, but they just were never able to actually compete because they weren't good enough. And yeah. because like ownership didn't want to resign to Foley and uh, Tanov, et cetera, when they, they had the opportunity to after the bubble. Yeah. Because they were set up to be a competing team when they made the initial JT Miller trade, right? You had Miller and Horvat signed for five. Yeah. You had, you had PD and Hughes signed on their ELCs. Like that's the makeup of a good team. It's just they didn't have enough top end talent. That it Because w- it was like Bo Horvat and JT Miller are making five, not Nathan McKinnon, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, they still made some waves in that playoffs there. And if they had just like doubled down like a contender would have, who knows what would have happened in 2020 um, or 2021, the uh, the the bubble year. Yeah. Um, or not the bubble year, but like the North Conference year, which I mean, also the year where they made waves in the bubble playoffs, they probably wouldn't have made the playoffs because they were on a sharp decline and they just were able to win that that play in series. But I think that's the the proper lens at which to look at their their cycle through, not through the lens of like, well, Pedersen's great and he's only twenty four, and Hughes is great and he's only twenty three, because like they're they're getting paid now, it doesn't matter, and then there's nothing coming really up in the coffers that's gonna support them in a way where, well, yeah, players that you don't have those like you know Kale McCarr is coming in on the ELCs to help them out, right? No. You don't, you're not having your Bowen Byron's coming. <sighs> At least not this I mean, point. Not, not unless they like draft high in this draft and the next one. Those guys pan out, right? Yeah, Klimovich looks good. I'm gonna say like we, yep. we and I, I think maybe in the Discord we should make like a a baby Canucks channel or something. I think someone. I think maybe Tim mentioned yeah. that. But well, I, I mean, um, I talked about this on the the premium episode that we did this week. But I went. I'll just do the Cliff's notes. But yeah. I went to the game earlier this week against the uh, Calgary Wranglers, and. The way they played seemed like night and day different, like structurally. Yeah. And I think most of the problems with the current Canucks team is, is personnel, not necessarily structure. But yeah. it was super refreshing to see a, a Canucks team control play. I thought that uh, Hoaglander looked amazing. He was on a different plane than everybody else on the yeah. ice. Did you see teams. Linus Carlson's goal the, uh, I did, last night? I heard that it was really good. Oh my but God, it was sick. Between the cool. legs, like he, he did it a, a between the legs goal, but it was like done so quickly because he like took the pass and then immediately... Uh, pulled up between the legs and it was to like and like roofed it and then it was like to win it with like two minutes left in the game as well. That's sick. So it looked yeah. like he, yeah, like he was playing on on Hoaglander's line. It looked like they were developing some good chemistry. Yeah, and I, Klimovich looked really good. Um, his line with uh, damn, what's his name from from the Red Deer Rebels? Why don't I pull in this? Archdeep oh. Baines. Yes, Baines. Uh, yeah, like yeah. they were allegedly their fourth line, but they weren't playing like a fourth line out there. They looked like they had good possession. And uh, Nils Amon also, he he popped off at the end, hit like a pretty insane snipe. And so it's cool seeing these players play and like gel together. Yeah. And I, I've changed my mind on the sending down of Hoaglander and and Pod Colson. I mean, a hundred percent. It seems like the right move. They, they they did it in reverse order, but also this current management wasn't here when they were there. Like if, uh, you know, because Pod Colson's twenty one, Hoaglander's twenty two. If they had been in the minors, the like nineteen twenty seasons. And like for Pod Colson in his 20 year old season and then like started down there here, you yeah. would feel a lot better about what they have coming up, even though they're 
like Hoagliner's at the end of his ELC now and, and uh, Pod Coles has only got one year left. Like it's cool that they can develop down there and hopefully develop chemistry with players that will come up and it can be a, you know, a BX, a Kessler thing in the years to come. But yeah, I guess that's a bright spot, right? <laughs> yeah. The AHL team right now is legitimately a bright spot. Klumovich looks great. The Yeah. And like you said, hundred percent the right move in retrospect to send those guys down. Um, I do just want to, I'm just looking at the, the Oilers draft history right now still. Oh yeah. Is it going it's, good? It's so, it's just like very funny. The situation they're in. Yeah. Um, it where, rules. I love seeing them lose more than anything, man. <laughs> it's, I like seeing the, like, obviously I, I don't want to see the Canucks win now, but like, man, seeing the Oilers lose is like, it just feels so nice to see. Like they, uh, the loss yesterday was very, very funny. Um, I just, I can't get enough of it. I, I, if they ideally, what happens is that they miss the playoffs, but are not. I guess it would be uh, bottom eleven can get the yeah. first overall pick. So they 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 should. I want them to just just miss, miss the playoffs. The, that'd be you know? so good, man. Oh, oh, then maybe maybe you get like a maybe it's too much to ask for a, a McDavid asking for a trade. But even if it's a Drysaddle asking for a trade, that'd be great too. Oh man. I think weirdly enough, I feel like McDavid asking for a trade. I mean, obviously it would be bad for them. You're losing whatever trade it is if you're trading McDavid, but they would get so fucking much for him. You know what I mean? Like it could be sort of like the Lindros deal, right? Where they just get like, yeah, Lindros is really like they could get a really, really huge haul. They would have to obviously, but but it's Ken Holland making that deal, right? He's so stupid. So I I love it. It's great. I was worried last year that the Oilers were going to be good. And I guess it's possible that they could still, you know, it's they're they're, It's halfway through the year. They can still make the playoffs easily, but it's just so, so funny to me that after all of that, they still suck total ass. And again, I mean, the Canucks are going down that road as well. Yeah. The lottery luck. Yeah. So. And, and they don't have McDavid and they don't have dry side. No. So, Hey, well, that's the thing. If they get Bedard next year, like if they like trade Horvat and like, and you know, they somehow win the lottery and get Bedard, like the team is still not going to be good next year, you know, which again is like great for them. If they, if they have another, like kind of, you know, tank year or, or semi tank year, get an, a top 10 pick in 2024 as well. Like, Man, I mean, I can dream about it, I guess, but that, that's that's kind of the, the 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 shitty thing. Even if you are fantasizing about getting Bedard, which is um, say he comes and say he's just as good as he was in the World Juniors, generational talent. We got him. Um, the Canucks aren't positioned to win with him in an ELC, so no. like they like they're gonna have. I mean, they're he's good enough. JT he's Miller enough. on the books until Bedard's like nearing the end of his statistical prime. Yeah. So he, he's well, good enough that like uh, I guess he'd be like twenty three years, 26. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I, I just can't I can't fantasize uh, about Bedard being on the Canucks. I just can't do it. It's just gonna hurt. Yeah. Too much, no. You know? It's it, it it's it's not gonna happen. Uh, watching so. the lottery is just gonna be so miserable. I keep I keep thinking about how fucking bad it's gonna be. Holy shit! It's gonna suck. Oh my god! <laughs> Unless they win, I mean, if they, yeah, if it's if they win, it's like legitimately, if the Canucks win the Connor Bedard lottery, that is the greatest moment in the history of the franchise, like yeah. by far. Nothing comes Actually, close to it. I don't know. 
would I be like, by the time that happens, I'll be like a 33 year old man. Am I going to fucking shed a tear because the Canucks win a draft lottery? Is that how overjoyed I'm going to be? I legitimately would. Yeah. I would lose my (laughs) mind because think about how, think about the swing of emotions, right? Like where we're at right now is just like, it's like so low. It's been the same for, for like a decade now. There's no end in sight. If they like, if they somehow win the lottery and we see them like, you know, pull the Canucks logo on on the card. Like we would fucking lose. I wouldn't be able to talk. We'd yeah. lose our minds. I'd be hyperventilating. <laughs> oh my god! I'd oh. have to. I'd be ready at an outlet with a fork just to stick it in, just so it like wakes <laughs> me up. I can regain my composure. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I I really. I mean, we're gonna have to do a live stream for it, which is going to. Uh, it's gonna be gonna- cool when they win, baby. Let's go. It's gonna be all really you gotta funny. do is believe. It's uh, like it's like winning the lottery. You're not gonna win the lottery if you have any doubt in your mind that you're not gonna win. So I, you just have to remove all doubt. Yeah, and then you win. I, I mean, yeah. it's a literally like a lottery. That's a really bad example. This <laughs> is two different lotteries that I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, it's like maybe maybe it's like when you're playing sports and they say you have to visualize, like see yourself fucking making the save or the shot going in or. I hope so. I'm Blocking playing my first soccer volleyball. game of the year tonight uh, at 9 p.m. in uh, just pouring rain. Uh, let's see. What's the weather right now? It is seven degrees and, and rainy. Uh, oh, that's going to that's gonna be yeah, so bad. It bad. It's, it's, it's going to be like three degrees and pouring rain. Oh, I'm that's just going to be dreadful. out there playing soccer for an hour. I mean, I, I love getting out there to play, but like <laughs> it's so brutal. I mean, I guess that's what you get for playing in a winter league, but... Yeah, I mean, this is like the only part of the country where you can do an outdoor winter soccer league. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's gonna be fun, but <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't blow an ACL, okay? <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. Is like when it's when it's like that slippery outside. I mean, I think what'll probably end up happening is I'll play the first half and then be like, I can't play the second half. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. uh... Hopefully that doesn't happen for you, Stefan. <laughs> and hopefully the Canucks keep losing. This yeah. was a this was a great game today. It was perfect. It was beautiful. Yep. So I loved it. I guess we didn't even really pre- preview who they could lose to next. Uh, Penguins and the Lightning, and then the Panthers on Saturday and the Hurricanes on Sunday. Big week, huge week. This this could very easily. I mean, I need them to lose all four of these games. I need them to lose by a lot. Yeah, like I I need them to lose like. Five one six two whatever. I want to. I want one of those teams to drop ten goals on the Canucks. I want it just. I want it to be as bad as it's been the last decade. This week, I I need them to just just keep losing. Like that's please, all I need. Please, God, if you're up there, it's me, Aaron and Stefan. I need the Penguins to stop their four three game losing skid and beat the Canucks by a wide margin <laughs> as they go to their pro scouting meetings. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, check out our Patreon for an uh, episode after that Pittsburgh game, or maybe after the Lightning game. We still have to schedule it, but we'll have a bonus episode coming out this week. Yep. Access to Discord, and we're, tr- uh, we're trying to get that uh, John Taffer cameo. So, thank you for everyone who's subscribed so far. Uh, any new subscribers are welcome. Yeah, Patreon.com/slash I hate this team. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye bye.
about me I'll be alone dancing you know it baby tell me your troubles and doubts giving me everything inside and out love strains so real in the dawn I think of tender things where we're working on slow change may pull us apart when the lights get into your heart baby don't you forget about me don't 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 you forget about me will you stand above me look my way never love me rain keeps falling rain keeps falling down 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 will you recognize me call my name or walk on by rain keeps falling rain keeps falling your defenses vanity and security oh, don't you forget about me I'll be alone dancing, dancing you know it baby going to take you apart I'll put us back together at heart baby don't you forget about me Don't, 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 don't you forget about me As you walk on by, will you call my name? As you walk on by, will you call my name?
<laughs> that was fun. Cheers, dude.